As long as you're walking with Jesus and Jesus is with you, you can be free right in the middle of the fire. Uncommon Favor, Part 6. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. We welcome all of you joining us by television and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or social media. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful delight and joy to have you to tune in and join us. I would like to share just a little humor. An old couple took their six-year-old grandson to church where the grandmother sang in the choir. And she gave the boy 25 cents to keep his grandfather awake during the sermon. But grandpa slept through most of the service. After church, grandma asked the boy, she said, Why didn't you follow my instructions? I gave you 25 cents to keep him awake. He said, Grandpa gave me 50 cents not to wake him. (laughs) (laughs) But we are doing part six of Uncommon Favor. Uncommon Favor, we've been studying the book of Daniel, and we're now getting over into chapter three. This is a fresh look. It's a fresh look at an account in scripture that is revealing some powerful truths and nuggets for us today. We have often thought that there were only a couple of accounts in the book of Daniel, but there's so much more that the Lord speaks to us in the book of Daniel. And so we're just having fun going through the account and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to speak to our lives, and we are just gaining a fresh perspective of God's will for us and his powerful work at work in our lives. We have talked about, just to give you a little bit of review, we have talked about wisdom quite a bit because this was one of the characteristics that we saw in the life of of Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, we saw the supernatural wisdom of God at work in their lives, that God was actually increasing their intelligence, God was increasing their learning ability, God was literally making them smarter. And so we found out that Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus is literally in the book of Daniel as the wisdom of God that's giving them this superior knowledge and this wisdom. And we find out in the New Covenant that Jesus is made unto us wisdom. Say that with me. Jesus is my wisdom. Jesus is my wisdom. Never forget that. Jesus is your wisdom. Jesus is your wisdom. Then we found out that the king had a problem. He needed his wise men to tell him his dream and interpret his dream. No one could do it. And yet God revealed the secret to Daniel. And Daniel said, there is a God in heaven. He reveals secrets. And so we learn from that, that God is able to reveal secrets to us to help us in our lives. Some of us need marriage secrets. Some of us may need financial secrets. Some of us may need health secrets. 
Some of us may need job secrets. Some of us may need some other relationship or parenting secrets. Some of us may need secrets in a business. In other words, we need God to reveal, to show us, to give us heavenly wisdom and insight and counsel and understanding to increase our learning and ability and intelligence. And so we find out Jesus is made unto us wisdom. Jesus is made unto us wisdom. Jesus is made unto us Wisdom. Daniel preaches the wisdom of God, that Jesus is our wisdom. So Jesus himself furnished the wisdom to Daniel and Hananiah and Azariah and the other guy. <laughs> and so Jesus furnished their wisdom. He furnished their wisdom. Mishael, that's the other one. I knew you all knew it. I was just testing you. (laughs) Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Jesus furnished their wisdom. Jesus gave Daniel secrets to the kingdom. And so we find out that the wisdom of God is available to us, that he gives us secrets, and we simply have to ask him, and he'll show us things. He'll help us. He'll lead us and guide us and cut the light on our understanding and our learning and give us skill and wisdom and ability. And so all of that comes from God. And so that is echoed in the book of Daniel. But so often as people of God, we've gone without that because we have failed to realize that belongs to us. Jesus is our wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom. Let's say that one more time. Say, Jesus is made unto me wisdom. Jesus is made unto me wisdom. And so he's our wisdom. He's our wisdom. There are a lot of things we don't know the answer to, but Jesus is the answer. He is the answer. He is the answer. So we have his wisdom. We have his wisdom. We've also said that these guys had uncommon commitment. They had uncommon diet, uncommon discipline. They had uncommon friendship. They had uncommon faith, uncommon integrity. They had uncommon learning, uncommon attitude. They had uncommon devotion, which led them to have exceptional skill, wisdom, favor, leadership, faith, protection, destiny, and honor. And so we pick up today over in chapter 3. And just to bring you up in the account what happens in chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar builds this statue. He builds this monument, this image, this sculpture, or whatever it is, but he builds this image, and it is 90 feet tall. It's 90 feet tall, so that was quite a sculpture that he built. And he built this thing as an idol god, and he put out a decree that everyone had to worship this 90-foot thing that he built and so he put out a decree that everyone had to worship it and if you didn't worship it you would be thrown into the fiery furnace and so some of the Babylonians who were obviously jealous of the favor of God that was on the life of Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah 
They were jealous of the favor of God on their lives, and, and it lets us know that not everybody's going to celebrate your success. Not everybody's going to celebrate God's grace in your life and God's goodness in your life when things start happening for you, and you're being promoted, and you begin to rise, and the favor of God's all over you. Not everybody's going to celebrate that. There are some haters that just want to hate. There are some haters that want to hate, and that's what haters do. They hate. <laughs> but our position as people of God is not to entertain the haters. We just continue glorifying God. We continue living a life of honor before God. So they never focused on the haters. They never focused on the haters. I love that about them. That says something to us about their uncommon attitude. They never gave them the time of day, never responded to them, never tried to defend themselves, never tried to explain themselves. They just focused on the grace of God. They focused on the blessing of God. They focused on the goodness of God. They focused on being excellent. And so they just kept going about doing their business. They gave no attention to the haters. But anyway, these haters reported them to the king and said, hey, king, didn't you build this monument and you commanded everybody to worship it? And if they didn't, they would be thrown in the fiery furnace. He said, yes, that's right. I did. And he said, well, you got three Hebrews who have not worshiped it. And king said, bring them in. So he brought them in. And he said, hey, young men, is it true what I have heard? You all have failed to worship this image that I have built. And I love their response in Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. And the king threatens them. He said, listen. He said, if you don't worship it, you'll be thrown in the fiery furnace. You will be thrown in the fiery furnace. And I just love their response in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. And 18. This is what they said. They said, If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, verse 18, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. I love this. So basically, you know, they said, King, if you put us... Now here's the way I've always thought about the scripture. I've always thought that they were saying, if you put us in the fiery furnace, our God's able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we still won't serve your God. And so I thought, I've always thought that that's what they were saying. Even if he doesn't deliver us, we still won't serve your God. They said he is able, but even if he doesn't deliver us, we still won't serve. I thought that's what it always meant my whole life. Anybody else ever thought that? That's the way I've always thought it. I heard something very interesting by a gentleman, and I guess you could say I'm his namesake. His name is Charles Capps. He's a great teacher of the Bible for, I don't know, probably 50 years of ministry. He went home to be with the Lord just a few years ago. But I had the privilege to study a lot of his material and listen to him over the years. I've learned so much, and I am grateful for the legacy of faith, the legacy of God's Word that he's left in the earth. And I'm grateful that we both share the same first name. 
But I heard Charles Capps talk about this, and Charles Capps brought out something I had never paid attention to. But he said, that's not really what these boys were saying. It's not that they were saying, if you put us in the fiery furnace, our God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we still won't worship your God. And that's not what they were saying. When you read it slowly, what it's saying is, if you put us in the furnace, our God will deliver us. And even if you don't put us in the furnace, we still will not worship. So they were saying not that God wouldn't deliver them. They were saying if you decide not to put us in. If you put us in the fire, our God will deliver us. But if you decide not to put us in the fire, we still will not worship your God. So it's not that they were saying If you put us in the fire, our God can deliver us. And if he chooses not to deliver, no. It was no discussion about whether or not he would deliver them. They were set on God would deliver them. They said, you put us in the fire, God's able to deliver us, and he will deliver us out of your hand. Why do you think they were so bold to say that? They were so bold to say that because God had just delivered them from death. Remember, in our last session, the king had already put out a death decree over all the wise men. So he had already sent us all the wise men to death. They should have already been killed, but God delivered them. God delivered them because when they prayed, God gave them the interpretation to the dream. And so God had already spared their life from the king. So because God had already delivered them once, they had no question that God would deliver them again. So they weren't saying, put us in the fire and our God will deliver us. And even if he doesn't deliver us, we won't worship. No, they were saying, put us in the fire. Our God will deliver us out of your hand. And even if you choose not to put us in the fire, we still won't worship your God. Praise God. Oh, man, I love that. That little difference made a lot of difference. They never questioned that God would deliver them because God had already delivered them from death. We saw that in the last chapter. He had already delivered them from death. So he was already proven in their lives. They knew God was with them. God had already delivered them. He had already delivered them. So I guess it said if we were going to die, we would have died in the last chapter. And because God delivered us then, he'll deliver us now. They knew the God of Israel. In fact, King Nebuchadnezzar said, who is this God that you think will deliver you out of my hand? And God Almighty, I'm sure in heaven, said, I'm glad you asked that question. Because I'm happy to introduce myself. I am Jehovah. I am known as Elohim. I am known as Elrohian. I'm known as Jehovah Rapha. I am known as Jehovah Sidkenu and Jehovah Makedesh. I am known. You know, there are about seven or eight covenant redemptive names that we know. But I went back through some of my books and I found about five names that we don't know. I have a green book in my library from Marilyn Hickey. Great Bible teacher, once again, who's taught the Bible probably 60 years, 70 years or something like that. Marilyn's probably in her mid to late 80s now. Marilyn is probably about, I would guess, 87, 88 years old. Anyway, I have one of her books called The Names of God, and I went through it to refresh myself. 
Man, there are five names in that book I didn't know. Five names I've never heard anybody talk about. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you mind if I teach those names? He said, sure, be my guest. <laughs> so, so when I finish the series on Daniel, I'm going to teach through the names of God. But there are five names, there are five covenant names of who God reveals himself to be. Five covenant names. So we know him as our, we know him as Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd, and Jehovah Rapha, our healer, and Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We know him as Jehovah Nisi, our banner in victory, and Jehovah Shalom, our peace. We know him as Jehovah Sikkenu, our righteousness, and Jehovah Makedesh, the Lord who sanctifies us. We know him as Jehovah Shammah, the God who is with us. We know him as El Rawi, the God who sees us and knows us and wants us and lifts us up. We know him as the great Jehovah. And so this king asks, who is this God that shall deliver you out of my hand? And God is happy to introduce himself to the great God of Israel, the only true and living God, creator of heaven and earth, Elohim. He is the great I am. I am that I am. He's the eternal one. He's wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. That's who he is. I wish I would have been in Nebuchadnezzar's court because I would have answered the question. I'll let you know who this God is. His name is Jesus. That's his name. That's his name. That's his name. His name is Jesus. Oh, man, I would have given anything to have been in that court when he said, who is this God that would deliver you out of my hand? Oh, man, I would have been happy to let him know. I would have been happy to let him know that he's the God that parted the Red Sea. He's the God that rained down the quail and fed his people from heaven. Been happy to know he's the God who sits high and looks low. Oh, man, he's the God who plants his footstep on the storm and rides on the sea. He's the Lord our shepherd shall not want. He's a doctor in a sick room and he's an attorney in a courtroom. God is my judge. That's who he is. He's righteous and he's holy. He's almighty. He's magnificent and he's full of glory. This is who he is. You have bumped into the almighty God, the all-sufficient one, the many-breasted one. That's who he is. Oh, man, Nebuchadnezzar had no idea the depth of the question he was asking. Who is this God that could possibly deliver you out of my hand? Anybody ever puts a challenge up against God, you better watch out. You better watch out whenever somebody challenges God. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar was doing. Oh, man. And that's why these boys were like, oh, my, he's in for it now. (laughs) He's in for it now. I would advise anybody, don't challenge God. Don't challenge God. Don't challenge God. Don't challenge God. He that sits in the heavens laughs. He laughs. He laughs. Oh, man. Mm. Who is this God? I just wish I could have entered this kingdom at that time to answer that question. (laughs) I would have said, King, his name is Jesus, and he's royal, and he's holy, 
and he is mighty, and he is strong, and he's full of grace, and he's full of truth, and he's full of power. And I would have said, King, with just a flip of his finger, he'll knock you into non-existence. <laughs> glory, 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 glory. That's our God. That's our King. That's who we serve. And he is a deliverer. He is a deliverer. He is a protector. And now we bump into something in the book of Daniel that I love. Now we bump into the covenant of protection. We bump into the covenant of protection. We bump into now the fulfillment of Psalms 91 is being escalated and rushed into the book of Daniel. All of the protection of Psalms 91 is being swooshed right into the book of Daniel at this time. And now we begin to see the great covenant of protection that we have as children of God, as believers. We now see it manifested in the book of Daniel. And the Bible says that when they threw, oh man, let's read it. Glory, glory, glory. Man, I'm getting excited. Glory, hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Lord Jesus, glory. Y'all mind if we just worship for a second? Just worship him right now. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He is mighty. He is mighty. He is worthy. He is exalted. He's the only true and living God. He loves you. 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 He's loved you. He's chosen you as his own. He has chosen you as his own. That's who he is. That's who he is. That's who he is. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. And so King Nebuchadnezzar is furious. He's furious at the response of these young men. And he commands the mightiest men in his army. He said, throw them in. And he said, don't just throw them in. Heat the fire up seven times hotter than normal. And so they really cooked this fire up seven times hotter than normal fire. And the fire was so hot that it killed the men who threw them in. And it was as if the judgment of God fell on those that will harm any of his little ones. So now we're seeing, let me give you a piece of advice. Never mess with a mother bear who has cubs around. Anybody will tell you the most dangerous bear in the world is when you encounter one that has their cubs around. And that's what had happened right here. When they mess with God's little ones, God sent the fire out of the furnace and it consumed the mightiest men in Nebuchadnezzar's army, killed them on the spot. You know, even Jesus talked about it over in in the book of Matthew and all the gospels. Jesus says, better for you to put a millstone around your neck than to touch any one of my little ones. It's better for you to put a millstone around your neck and jump in the sea than to lay a finger on any of my little ones. And so Nebuchadnezzar saw that man, that fire jumped out of there and killed his men, his mighty men. And they threw the men in, fell down. Those men fell down bound. And Nebuchadnezzar, he jumped up because he was astonished after what had happened. He jumped up. They tied these men up. They tied them up. So they bound them, tied them up, threw them in the fire, threw them in. They tied them up completely, just almost like they mummified them almost, tied them up completely, threw them into the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar, he was astonished because when he saw the fire kill his men, he ran down to watch these guys burn. And he looked in, 
He said, wait a minute. He said, didn't we throw in three men that were bound? He said, I see four men loose, walking in the fire. And so now we see the protection of God. We see God himself. We see all of Psalms 91 being swooshed into Daniel. And so now angels are on duty. Jesus is on duty. And Nebuchadnezzar said, I see one in there. The fourth one looks like the Son of God. And so we don't know if that was Jesus himself. I have reason to believe that very possibly could have been Jesus himself that slipped into the fire because these men stood for him. And now Jesus is saying, because you stood for me, I'll stand for you. And so I have reason to believe that very well could have been Jesus Christ himself in the Old Testament showing up. It wouldn't have been the first time. Jesus slipped into the Old Testament under several occasions. He slipped in. He couldn't wait to the New Testament to get in the earth. He was so excited. Man, you all have no idea how much God loves us. He loves us so much he couldn't even wait to the Bethlehem baby to be born. Jesus was slipping in the earth in the Old Testament. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was Jesus himself. And that's why Nebuchadnezzar said, that looked like the Son of God. He said, that looks like the Son of God. Now, he's a heathen. He doesn't even know what the Son of God looked like, but that lets you know. It was some glory on that being. (laughs) And so this could have been Jesus, but of course it could have been a regular angel because that's our covenant of protection. We have angels assigned to us that takes care of us, Psalms 91. And so anyway, most likely it was an angel, but I wouldn't be surprised If it was Jesus himself, could have been the angel of his presence, which is a special angel we find throughout the Old Testament. But anyway, it's fascinating. But anyway, God himself protected these young men. And so we see the protection covenant of God coming into play, coming into work. And man, it was powerful. So all of Psalms 91 swooshed into the book of Daniel at this time. And we see God's protection. God protected them to such a point their clothes were not burned. Their hair was not burned. There was not even the smell of smoke on them. God completely insulated them. God completely insulated them. And they threw them in the fire bound. They fell down bound. But when the king looked in, they were loose walking. Jesus raised them up. Jesus raised them up and freed them. That's what Jesus does for us. He raises us up and he frees us. He frees us. You can be in the fire. You can be in the fire. You can be in a bad marriage. That's the fire. You can be, you can have a diagnosis from a doctor. That's the fire. You can be fired from a job. That's a fire. You can be in the fire, but what this is revealing to us, you can be free. You can be loose even in the fire. You can be loose even in the fire. And the secret is, as long as you're walking with Jesus and Jesus is with you, you can be free right in the middle of the fire. You can be free right in the middle of the fire. You can be in a bad situation and be just as joyful, just as peaceful, just as loving. That's free. That's loose. That's free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand for his word. Man, I'm, I'm so excited about this. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Praise God. I got so excited. Man, I said, Lord, I'm just so excited. I can't wait to teach your names. And yet it's getting more and more exciting here in the book of Daniel. And I said, God, why do you have to do me like that? You're just bringing me from one thing, from one exciting thing to another. Folks, this is powerful because keep in mind, this is under the old covenant. 
we are new covenant believers, we have much more access. We have much more grace. We have Jesus. We have much more. They were servants. We are sons under the new covenant. We're sons. Oh, man. When you grasp, if they walked in this kind of protection under the old covenant, how much more we walk in under the new? Praise God. We'll get into more. I just knocked on the door tonight. (laughs) We didn't even go in yet. We just knocked on the door tonight. I just wanted to knock on the door tonight of that protection covenant because it's ours. 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 And so we get a revealing of it in the book of Daniel. God shows us his mighty protection. He shows us his powerful protection. And he said, it's available to you. It's yours. It's available to you. And it's ours. It's ours. And so, so we'll continue looking. Praise God. Praise God. Give the Lord's praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 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 He is the mighty one. He is the holy one. He's holy, 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 holy. He's the only one who's worthy, worthy, worthy. Holy, holy, holy. It's worthy, worthy, worthy. You know in heaven, elders around the throne, beings around the throne, and that's their full-time job. It's a holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy, to behold his presence. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. It's our God. It's our Father. He loves us. He takes care of us. He protects us. Praise God. We're finding ourselves in this covenant, and it belongs to us because of Christ Jesus. Praise God. We had no right to what Daniel and those guys walked in. We had no right to it. But because of Christ Jesus, we've been grafted in, and we've been given those same rights and those same privileges. As children of God. Oh, man. Doesn't that get you excited? That gets you excited. Oh, man, that gets you excited. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Man, I can just shout from here on to eternity. Oh, man, when you think about what grace has done for us, what grace has done for us, took us from being a nobody and made us a somebody. Took us from being just dirt, sinful, made us the righteousness of God, made us the apple of his eye. Man, when you understand what grace has done, you'll never stop praising him. You'll never stop worshiping him when you understand what grace has done. And he's made us heirs. We're heirs in this kingdom. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I preach myself happy. I can go home. I'm happy. Glory, glory, glory. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Won't you just stand, everyone? Won't you stand and just worship? Just worship. Just worship. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He's the fourth man in the fire. He's the fourth man in the fire. He's the fourth man in the fire. He is the fourth man. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we're just so grateful for your grace and goodness in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you're the fourth man 
You're the fourth man. You're the fourth man that you're with us, Lord. The power of your presence, the power of your protection, the power of your love is with us all the time. We honor you, Lord, and we thank you for honoring us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was part six of the series titled Uncommon Favor by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7913. That's 7913. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 7913 to a friend, go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the Word.